Good afternoon and welcome everybody into another edition of the Devoted Steelers Podcast. I am the D, as in Dimitri George. Join alongside my co-host, as always, he is the V, Vince Paparella. And Vince, let's jump right into it. Vince, it's finally here. We have week one, Steelers, Bills, a lot to get to. Uh, But first, we're going to handle some TJ Watt business, if you will, as he and the Steelers got business uh, done uh, on Thursday as the Steelers finally agreed to a contract extension for uh, their all-pro outside linebacker, four years, uh, $112 million. Um, the kicker here is that the, uh, the Steelers kind of broke protocol and guaranteed $80 million to a non-quarterback position. Um, I think we can agree, Vince, that T.J. Watt is a guy that certainly works. However, it's one of those situations where it's a slippery slope where um, – you know, pending free agents moving forward, maybe or, or, or maybe you know, uh, league free agents might now say, "Well, you gave that kind of money to T.J. Watt." You know, we we certainly would want something similar to that. Um, you know, relative to their position and their and their value. Um, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, it's it's just good to see that the Steelers and T.J. were able to get that uh, agreement done, and now we can move on and and focus on football. Well. The true kicker was T.J. Watt knocking down the door of Art Rooney. All right, that's that's the true kicker there. You know, according to Adam Schefter, who, for most things, you have to take at face value. Um, you know, he was kind of tired of the saga. I think between the two sides, and he just wanted to get something done, especially prior to the season. I don't think T.J. Watt is very dramatic in that case, you know, or in that standpoint. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a crap load of money. Um, you know, especially for a non-quarterback. Uh, but, you know, everything so far suggested that he is absolutely worth that, um, especially if he continues to produce the way he has over the next four or five years, then it'll be worth it. And it'll be eventually, hopefully in three years, it'll be, you know, maybe one of the cheaper ones because um, of how that stuff goes. Yeah, no. Okay, good. I'm sorry. Well, I was I haven't heard a lot of people bring this up, but you know I kind of compared the Steelers' tentativeness, and you can disagree with me here. Like last, the last player they signed that was a pass rusher to like a big contract off their rookie deal was Lamar Woodley, right? Mm-hmm. And we all know how Lamar Woodley played in two thousand eight and going to the Super Bowl and everything like that, and then. He hit a wall. He's a different now. He's a different player than TJ, obviously. But you know, last time they gave that pass rusher a fat contract, you know, they they literally hit a wall, and they were you know done. And next, you know, went to Pittsburgh West in Arizona. So I may, maybe that was part of their tentative. I don't know. I, I I guess that was a long time ago in terms of this contract stuff. So that was my other two cents. Well, real quick, and this is nothing that we need to go into a rabbit hole over. Um, who do you think is a better player, Lamar or TJ? As of this point in their careers, I'm saying correct. So you know, you know, each of them, I think, because Lamar was a rookie in 2007, and he got paid after the 2010 season, going yes. into the 2011 season, and now obviously, so I think it's around the same time they both got paid. Yes. So, um, relatively speaking. So at this point in their career, when they sign their deals, who would you rather have? 
<laughs> I would rather have TJ Watt, but Lamar had more of a moment. If that. So Lamar sense. came up in big time. Lamar, you know, in a 2008 playoff run, had two sacks in each playoff game. Yes. And in 2010, also, I don't know, I don't know, he had sacks in each of the, yeah, I know he had sacks against the, uh, I, I can't remember those numbers, but I agree um, with that, which is interesting. But um, I do think, though, you know, again, we don't know what, what happened with Lamar in terms of what's not working because reality is it wasn't until the Patriot team in 2011 um, when he until he got hurt because he was having a monster year that year in 2011, yes. which is the first year that he had a new deal. And then he had that hamstring injury, and then it was a wrap from there. It just – it never was the same um, for, for him. But TJ, I'm comfortable with the length, um, and, I, and I think the Steelers were very um, – I think actually both sides, it's a good deal for both because – uh, I think he'll be 30 or 31 uh, when his deal expires. So he'll be able to cash in another one, and hope you know, depending on where he, where he's at at that point, Steelers might entertain another maybe maybe another two three year deal with TJ. Um, you know, there's no reason to think that his current trajectory should not continue in that direction. Um, but to your point, you know, it sounds like TJ. I think when he uh, had had his press conference yesterday said that uh, he came off the practice field. His agents to let him know that they had an offer. And I said, well, to your point, it sounds like he walked right into Mr. Rooney's office and said, let's get this done. And uh, and then that was that. And I think, again, um, the Steelers do not want to lead this into the weekend. And, you know, they've been instances where they've, you know, they've signed guys either getting onto the plane going to the first game or coming off the plane. I think they wanted to kind of they, – they understood who T.J. Watt was and how much he is and how poor he is to the defense. So it's good to see that, and um, you can certainly tell by TJ's press conference uh, on Friday. You know, he's ready to go. He's completely, you know, motivated. And it was certainly different. And I think, and I forgot about it. I don't know if you, if you saw or saw this, but um, I think with the new CBA, it really uh, hampers players' ability to hold out. And that's why you mm-hmm. kind of saw that hold in, if you will, where he's at practice. He's doing individual stuff and then when team stuff and that that's something apparently that the Steelers and you know and, and TJ, you know, kind of agreed to like, hey, listen, I'm here, I'm gonna be here and I'll you know be on the field, I'll do individual stuff, but I'm not doing any team stuff or pre- playing preseason games while this contract negotiation runs its course. And you know, TJ's a veteran at this point, you know. Yeah, it was um, fine. And so, um, you know, a lot of people are how, uh, before we get into the really the the, the larger scheme of, the, of the, this matchup with the Bills, specifically with TJ. How concerned are you with the, his level, his lack of participation from a team drill perspective in preseason games heading into week one? You know, based on his comments, he seems like he feels like he's ready to go. It's going to be a feel thing, but uh, uh, where where are you at with your concern level with TJ's uh, week one participation? I'm not. Um, I think he'll, he'll be ready to go. Now, he, snap count wise may be limited, which I understand, and that's more precaution. Because I don't need him going, you know, 80 snaps and tearing something. God, no. Um, but I think, like he, like you said, he's been there every day. He's been working through drills. He is, you know, he, he showed up to every single training camp, you know, every single practice while this stuff has been going on. And from what I saw when he went, like he participates in like those first two or three warm-up drills, you know, and he's like, and then he does individual drills on the sideline. And he's going football speed, right? When he's doing that, so I, him being in the system, you know, for four years, it's fine. 
uh, honestly. So I think I, I really have a very, very low level of concern for anything on Sunday. Now, like I said, snap count, fine. Especially mixing him, him possibly with uh, the groin injury for Highsmith. We'll see how that goes. We will that, see more Ingram this game. That, than that's possibly my in the concern. Is, yeah. uh, which, good transition, uh, if you don't mind. Um, one of the things that Mike Tomlin said on Tuesday, but I feel, I feel like I've heard him say before, is that leading into the, you know, I think he said, you know, from he's anticipating everyone on the roster, active roster, to be able to be a full go and practice on Wednesday. And then I'd open up, I, you know, I get the, the practice report. And we've got three guys who, you know, had some issues that, that you know, either limited their practice, didn't practice or whatever. And Alex Hyphens is one of them. Um, and, you know, he was a limited participant, I think, on Wednesday. Then he didn't practice on Thursday. And then he was on full on Friday. Now, I, I hadn't heard of any groin injury. And these are the kind of injuries that you can't you can't mess around with. You got to they got to run their course. I don't know what kind of injury it is. It, 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 if it's nothing completely serious and they're just being very precautious, fine. But if it is something where he could potentially deal with it all year, you know, sit him down to your point. They did add Melvin Ingram. There's, there's, there's some depth there from that standpoint. There's no need to have Alex Highsmith, you know, make this injury worse. And he's going to have to shut it down early. Like I, I'm, I'm personally concerned about it only because, the way Mike Tomlin said he didn't anticipate anybody coming up on the injury report on Wednesday, and then all of a sudden, you know, we've got this groin situation. Um, especially Highsmith, who's a second-year guy, um, who I'm excited to watch this year. I'm real. I mean, he's one of the guys I'm really excited on both sides of the ball yes. um, that, I'm, that I want to see play. Um, so that'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. And if he does play, I hope they do. You know, like you said, there is. A, I hope there's a rotation. Um, and if Jameer Jones gets a hat, you know, especially early on, it's just, it's his first game of the year. You know, I, I'm not saying have him out there for m- multiple snaps, I mean, give him three or four snaps out there just to, just to keep everyone's legs fresh as much as they can, obviously. And listen, let's, let's not forget they are, they did, this is the first year at 17 games. So it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers throughout the course of the first, early portion of the year handle snaps for guys on those, and, you know, the defensive line, um, Specifically, you know, outside and defensive line specifically, how they rotate guys because, you know, it, it's a, it's a, you know, it's one extra game. And obviously, if you get to where you want to be, you're going to be playing more games in the playoffs. And you know, so it's it'll be interesting to see how Mike and Keith and everyone handles that part. But um, uh, looking at this matchup, Vince, I mean, uh, you know, it, Bills are a the AFC runner-up. Uh, many pick to get to the Super Bowl this year. Um, and it's in Buffalo, full stadium. Um, and this is, you know, right out of the gate, which is kind of, kind of how it's going to be pretty much the whole year for the Steelers as they have the hardest schedule uh, in the league, I'm pretty sure. Um, yes. What a way to get started to, to kind of see where you're at. Um, a Steelers team that, um, like I think you had tweeted out uh, not too long ago, that many people don't know where to put them. Um, Correct. Correct. And this is an opportunity for them to really kind of, I don't want to say a statement, but to say, hey, we're, we're going to be here and we're, and we're going to be, I think, you know, depending on how they play, I think this is, this, you know, from a from performance standpoint, they go into Buffalo and get routed. You know, the Steelers are in big trouble. Steelers go in there and get a win. That puts people on notice. And the Steelers go in there and compete, maybe, you know, lose a, a close game. I still think that there's, again, there's no moral victories from, from Mike Talon's perspective. They're going in there to win. And obviously, as fans, we want them to win. Um, but I think to Mike Tomlin's point, as he always, as he said earlier this week, 
we'll know a little bit, a lot more than we do about this team uh, after this game against Buffalo. No, we will. Um, and, you know, to really look at how this, you know, these teams played in kind of football weeks, like not very long ago, you know, obviously um, I think it was week 14 of last year or week 15, one of those weeks. And this was in the middle of their skid, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, for the Steelers. And this game prior to the pick six was seven, three Steelers going into halftime. Mm-hmm. And the defense looked very good. And they were playing without Joe Hayden. They were playing with their starting middle linebackers of Marcus Allen, UG3, and Avery Williamson. Um, and they were by far holding their own. So, you know, if there's any improvement on both sides of the ball, which I believe there is a lot of from a roster standpoint and obviously schematics, then I think this should be a very interesting game. And, you know, as you said, I don't more, – more victories are what they are. But there is certainly the component of an eye test here that's very, very important going forward because this is one of those games that's like, okay, you may not be expected to win, but then, you know, if you look good or you know, hold your own this week, then you should be expected to win the next two games. Um, or at least that's how I look at it. So it's, you know, it's going to give me a lot of confidence or lack thereof for based on how this offensive looks. Cause I, I, I think I know what I'm going to get from this defense. I don't think I'm going to get 35 points put up against this defense, uh, tomorrow. So I think if they can, you know, hold it somewhere in the twenties, then I think the Steelers have a shot at this thing. No, I agree. I think the, the key is, like we've been talking about all off season, all trade camp preseason, is this offensive line um, for the Steelers. Uh, you know, Dan Moore starting at left tackle um, because Chuke's got. I'm sorry, because Zach Banner, you know, either tweaked his knee. We don't know really what happened with Zach Banner. Maybe he came back too quickly from his ACL injury. Um, but what's forced them to put Chuke's back at right tackle and Dan Moore back at left tackle, where Dan's clearly more comfortable as they started many games there in the SEC um, at Texas A&M. And obviously, Dotson, the second-year guy, Kendra Green, and Trey Turner. So it, it, that that to me is the group. I think everyone, I think everyone who has watched all of the Steelers closely can say that if the Steelers' offensive line holds up and and creates some holes for Najee and 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 protects Ben and keeps him upright against this Bills defense, which is very good. And I know they won't be. I don't. I know they'll be out with uh, out Star Latulale, um, who is a big loss in the middle there, especially again in the run game. Uh, but still, it's a still formidable front, and it's a still a formidable defense that um, will give the Steelers offensive line challenges. And I think if the Steelers hold up from that standpoint, um, not only it, it'll not only give me good comfort in this game, but moving forward, because um, I think that's really the key. I mean, and I think the offensive line is really the one spot, based on all the additions that the Steelers have made throughout the course of the offseason and even late in the camp. Obviously, you know, Killer Willisbrun gets acquired. You know, Joe Sherbert gets acquired mid preseason. Um, Melvin Ingram right before training camp starts. So those kind of additions on defense have really kind of solidified depth concerns on the defensive side for the most part. Um, and then when you look at the offensive line, I think that's the one key. If that offensive line is anywhere near average, because I think everyone has the assumption that it could be below third um, offensive line. If it's average or slightly above, I think this team is going to be, a, you know, is a playoff team for sure and certainly can make some runs. I and mean, you have to think that this first game, there's going to be some lumps that hopefully um, and should not be uh, lumps later down in the year. Um, any mistakes that can happen now that, you know, then September by November, December, they're not making those same mistakes. So 
I think that's that's my key is this offensive line. Um, and it's re- I think to me because the way I, I I don't know this is me personally. It's about the run game for me. I, you know, I've you seen this ben, game specifically. Um. Yes, because here's my thing. I've seen Ben play with shoddy protection to say the least and and be successful. I know he's not um I know he's not you know the young Ben that he was, but he is still capable I think of not necessarily extending the plays like he once was, but I still think he's capable of winning games um where his offensive line isn't you know hasn't hasn't has great it doesn't have great protection. I'm not saying 2005, 2006, Ben, obviously, that's young with legs and moving around. But sure. I, I do think that he's capable of making the right reads, getting the ball out quick enough because he's more cerebral, a cerebral quarterback now. However, the running game has nowhere to go but up. And I think if the Steelers <laughs> yeah. can really establish the line of scrimmage this game and moving forward, and, again, it doesn't have to go worse to first. It has to go from worse to average for me. For me. If they can be a middle of the pack running game, I think that goes. I think people are, are miss don't, don't realize how much of a difference that's going to make. Um, it needs to be doing an effective running game. Correct. They don't need to, you know, it's when their average needs to be over three. I don't need Najee Harris to as soon as he gets the ball, he's got two people in his face. Yes. Najee's good enough to make the, right. Najee's good enough to make the first guy miss. You know, listen. You know, run behind big old Trey. Run behind big old Kevin Dotson. You know, get Kendrick Green out pulling. You know, I don't think he's going to be as good as a puller as Marquise Pouncey was, especially early in Pouncey's career. Um, but, you know, he's athletic enough. Get him out in front. And, and, and that's the thing. If they can establish the line of scrimmage and if they can be dominant from that standpoint, I, I think this team can go, you know, a pretty long way. I think that's. That's the key um, for this game. I think the Steelers need to keep Josh Allen off the field. I agree with you that last year their defense held up for the most part, granted all their injuries, and Steve and Stephon Diggs absolutely shredding them. Um, but I think they want to keep Josh Allen off the field. It's, I don't know what the weather's supposed to be, but it's September in Buffalo as opposed to December. Yeah, it's not bad, yeah. So, you know, obviously they're going to – you know, the offense for Buffalo is very potent with Josh Allen. Uh, but from an offensive line standpoint, I think the get for me it's the run game. If the Steelers are able to run the ball – I think they'll have success uh, on Sunday. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's my thought on the offensive side of the ball, at least. I I think you just have to run effectively and not turn the ball over. And I know that's simple, and it doesn't come down to a lot of that stuff. But, you know, if you look back at the playoff game, if they don't turn the the ball over four times, obviously it's a lot closer game. Um, And that's what killed them against Buffalo last time, the, the pick six. You have to keep the ball on your side. And, and make smart decisions. And hopefully this offense naturally more things for Ben to use and he's not feel like he's forcing the ball. And he's, you know, obviously his knees are healthy. So <clears throat> be able to put more on it, you know, especially that we saw towards the end of last year. But, yeah, this front, you know, speaking of offensive line, honestly, the next three fronts that they play are not, you know, crazy um, like top five fronts, they should be able to. It's Buffalo has an average front. They should be able to get some penetration against uh, the Buffalo front seven. You know, if if they're con- if Buffalo is constantly in the backfield, it could be a long season. That's a thing to look for. You know, just you know, call it out what it is. 
Um, but it will be interesting to see how Matt Canada really attacks. You know, I expect to see some jet sweeps. I expect to see some end arounds. Um, you know, getting getting a little fancy, getting a little nasty. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> that's the optimistic side in me. Um, and I'm going to be interested also to see who touches the ball wide receiver wise um, in this specific place. You know, is it going to be Claypool? Is it going to be Ray Ray? You know, I'd like to see it more of, you know, kind of the uh, the Chris Rainey theory. Like, you know, when Chris Rainey's on the field, it's only, you know, they're only running the ball. Like, I, I think the power of that offense could really be that, you know, if Chase Claypool is getting two, you know, jet sweeps a game, you know, and he is in, you know, he motions from left to right, then there's a, then that's real guessing from the defense, right? That they don't know, is he going to catch the ball? Is he, you know, is he taking a jet sweep? And that's the things that, you know, really start to make the defense guess and, you know, and get them off kilter per se. So, you know, I, I'm really excited to see that. So it's a couple of different opponents, but, or components, excuse me. Uh, but I really think that uh, we'll, we'll know a lot about this team and how much push they can generate uh, versus average uh, Buffalo defense. And you mentioned it real quick before I talk about the Steelers defense is Matt Canada. And it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how the first regular season game goes. I mean, obviously we've seen him in the preseason, uh, but preseason is one thing, regular season. It, it'll be interesting to see how he you know handles his first professional game as an offensive coordinator in the NFL and, and how – you know, he's, you know, a lot of people have made, made I don't want to say a lot of people, but people have mentioned that, you know, he's going to be in the booth as opposed to on the sideline. I think the last time that's happened for Ben was when Ken Wisenhunt was up in the booth um, calling, uh, calling the plays. So what is a Matt Canada regular season game day? Like, you know, that's the thing. I know a lot of people say that a lot of the Steelers offense is going to look very similar to what the Steelers have been running um, with some wrinkles. But the thing is, I think it's about deception. It's about uh, creating op- ma- ma- matchup, uh, you know, mismatches for the defense with your offensive players. Um, going, you know, going against the grain a little bit, not having so much, you know, predictability. So I'm really interested to see how that goes. You know, I think I think you know I'll learn a lot more about Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, after week one as well. You know, I I know. Are do you still chart during the game events? I I like to go back and chart in a the my second the, the, gotcha gotcha what I, I, I like take notes see, during the game but what yeah. I'd like to see though and that that that, that that's probably anyway better I think it, I'd like to see um if you could take some notes on just general if you can just make a tally of anything that you can see from like third down like big critical third downs. Um, whatever, regardless of down and distance, what kind of plays Matt Canada's like? Like, I just, I'm just curious to see how a coordinator reacts to certain situations, right? You know, do you like you were saying the jet sweeps? Does he does he does he build off of that later in the game? Does he set something up off of that later in the game? Does he use route combinations uh, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, we're better than you. We're going to run one on one and nothing, nothing." Uh, there's nothing because you know with with Randy and even Todd, it just seems like. While there's maybe some things we're setting up later plays down the road, it just seems like a lot of that was we have a better team and we're just going to run our stuff and we're just going to beat you. Well, Randy's you know, felt was, random. Right. And this, I would like to see something that, you know, we're going to run this route combination because we know this is a cover two beater or a cover three, whatever the case is. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how you would chart that on watching it live, but just kind of keeping a tab of just anything that sticks out to when we're watching the game, like, hey, this is a big situation. And then, Matt kind of went to the wheel here and well here and, and, and ran 
know, this kind of combination, or he likes to – because, you know, I – and maybe it still happens. But, listen, third and short, fourth and short, middle of the field, that damn shuffle play is coming is coming in, right? That from yeah. Randy Feener. So – and even at the goal line. So that's the kind of stuff I'm referring to. Like, what are where are some of our bread and butter plays that we like to run? Um, and so that, that that's that's something I'll be listening, key keying in on uh, during the game. Yeah, uh, I think I'm interested. You know, if like I said, if if Claypool, Deontay line up on the left side, Juju's on the right, and then you have t- you know a tight end and running back, and you know the guy in the slot is constantly motioning over to the right, and you know. The one time they run off it, the one time they pass, and the one times they hand off to the, you know, as a jet sweep. It's like, okay, that's, that's, to me, that's really interesting. And that can, that is complex. That's, com- that's hard to defend. And it's especially to become a better screen team with, with Matt Canada. That's, yeah. And, and I'm not, I, I, aside from bubble screens, I'm talking about setting up, getting this block, getting dots and getting green out there in front. Is are they a better screen team and getting Najee the ball, or or if it's Belage or if it whatever you know when, when Ant gets back, are they a better screen team? If you truly have an offense that's so much less predictable, which I think you and I can agree was the main problem, was one of the main problems last year. Um, you know, especially depending on the down and distance, then I absolutely believe that. But you know, if you're going to throw the ball short on third and seven, and that's what you did all the time last year, then of course you have to be very good at the screen because the defense is literally playing on the line scrimmage and not an inch further back, you know? So, yeah, I, we're going to see, right? If they're getting pushed elsewhere, if they're able to create some some splash plays, you know, with these different looks and combinations, then absolutely. And they could have a chance to have a very, very good. And then if that if it ends up being effective, we need to keep Matt Canada up in that booth and let him do his thing. <laughs> right. Okay. So. Um. So defensively for the Steelers, obviously we know the type of challenge that Josh Allen presents not only with his arm, his big arm, but also his legs. Um, uh, Stephon Diggs was a problem last year, a big problem. It sounds like Keith Butler's got a plan for that this you know this time around. Linebackers. Well, right. And yeah. then I think he said something along the line that I saw a quote uh, that Buffalo's going to see something they haven't seen before when it comes to, I guess, either their nickel situation or just in general from their defense, um, one of their schemes. So that'll be interesting to see if we can kind of identify it watching it live. But um, sure. I think that's the key. I'm not concerned about their running game. I know the Steelers kind of weren't great at stopping the run, especially towards the middle, late end of the last season, as, as they were early in the year. Um I think they'll be fine. I know Stefan's not in. I know Stefan's out for the first, you know, for at least a while. You know, and, and that's something to monitor too, Vince. I don't know if you saw it. I know he's on short-term IR. Some think he might not be back until December. Um, what a month to say. Right. I, we'll, we'll we'll have to see. I think he had surgery on his knee um, recently. I think I, I saw that from Jerry Dulac. Don't quote me on that. Um, so who knows how long he'll be back until he be back, but. Obviously, he's got way more than just football in his mind, obviously, with the tragic sure. loss of his brother. But Chris Wormley's there, and they kept a lot of defensive linemen uh, this year. Um, so they'll be able to rotate guys in, Carlos yeah. Davis. Um, Tyson uh, Tyson, I, I mean, Isaiah Bugs. Um, all these guys are be able to come in and, 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 and you know, perform, and perform exactly. I, I think, for me, this, this, this is about controlling – Josh Allen, the extended plays and, and keeping him inside the pocket, but they got to get pressure on him. Um, yeah, because he will hold the ball. He will hold yes. the ball, and, and I think uh, it's a recipe for disaster um, against the Steelers. 
And I like the Steelers to do what they were they were doing in the in the in training camp preseason and, and from the secondary. It's be aggressive when the ball's in the air. You know, play the ball. Um, you know, which is you know, thankfully the last couple of years we've seen a lot more aggressiveness from their DBs, uh, as opposed to trying to tackle the catch, which they still have some of those principles. There is a lot of aggressive attacks on the ball, and you've seen more turnovers. Um you know, obviously not as much as 2019 last year, but still a good year from a turnover perspective. Um, so that's the thing. If the Steelers, if, if the Steelers get two turnovers, I think they win a game. I think that's the. I think that's the number for me. If they get two turnovers, would, they win a game. I'd say if they're plus two. In the Six of one half dozen the other. Uh, I, I, if they, if they're, <laughs> if they're able to do that, I agree. Obviously, they can't be turning the ball over on offense. I'm just saying. The Steelers take care of the ball themselves, or even if they turn it over once, they have to get two turnovers. That's the number for me. Because um, I think they had two turnovers last year. Um, I think they had a pick. I think they had, like, two picks or something like that. Um, uh, there was a pick and a fumble in the first half, Buffalo. Right, right. Yeah. And so – and then, again, you know, I think the key is, though, you know, we talk about Stephon Diggs. You know, they did pick up Manuel Sanders. He's been dealing – he's been dealing with something. I think he should be a go. Yeah, he's the guy, 32. Right. The guy – the guy that I'm concerned with is uh, Gabriel Gabriel da- Gabriel Davis is the guy that's the second year guy really performed well for them. Um, you know that's going to be a James Pierre matchup potentially um, uh, on third downs and stuff. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, certainly, and uh, we'll. I think everyone's assumption is, uh, you know, um, uh, Cam Sutton will be in the slot. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, too, by the way, you know, a lot of reports were coming out when they signed Carl Joseph to the practice squad that he'll be elevated after his protocol, COVID protocol, you know, coming over from a new – from an old – to a new team. Um, sure. That they still – you know, by 4 o'clock, they have – they can – today, on Saturday, they can elevate him, um, depending on what's going on with, I guess, other health of the players. Um, it'll be interesting to see that. And if that is the case, I think if they elevate him – I think there's a possibility that he has a role in defense somehow tomorrow. Maybe it's early downs, uh, playing nickel, and they want to have a, you know a guy to play as a closer line scrimmage, a little bit more physical um, for the running game. But uh, we'll see. But overall, like I said, I think it's about keeping Josh in the pocket, not allowing him to extend plays, and they've got to create some turnovers and give their offense short fields. Listen, they don't want to run the ball. They don't <laughs> no. want to. And they now Buffalo's got a good offensive line though. Don't they have yeah, a good yeah, offensive yeah. line? They just they don't want to run the ball because yeah. they're a modern offense. Quite frankly, uh, you know, especially if you watch the Cowboys game, you know, on Thursday, it, <laughs> they have Zeke Elliott. They didn't want to run the ball. Uh, well, I think that was more about also Tampa has a very good front. I think they had the number one rush defense last year, so I think they just listen. You know, I was, Tom Brady playing defense is that is that what helps that team out? That was the. <laughs> I, I know, but the thing is, I think, you know, credit to Kellen Moore and for offensive coordinators across our league, um, identifying, listen, this is what this other team does well, so we're going to go the other direction. We're going to expose what they're not great at. And, you know, if I'm the Bills, you know, I want to go after James Pierre. Just not not the same, and I'm not saying that James Pierre can't play. I just want to see what he can do. If I'm, if I'm the Bills um, I, and I'm looking at this matchup and – you know, I know that the Steelers, you know, didn't bring back Mike Hill and they let go of Steve Nelson. We've obviously seen Cam Sutton before. Obviously, Joe Hayden wasn't even in the matchup last year. But if I'm them and I'm when I got obvious passing downs, I'm looking at whoever's whoever's James Pierce garden 
uh, that's who I want to. That's what I want to go after and see. Just to, just to see, uh, and I want to see uh, how Devin Bush is, is, is. You know, can he if he's out in space coming off that knee injury? There, there's some things that I attack the Steelers with, and that's what good offensive coordinators do. And they and the Bills certainly do have a good offensive coordinator. Um, and what Brian Dable. What I'm concerned about is when the Steelers line up a nickel. All right, and Buffalo comes out in one or ten personnel, and just spread them out. And next thing you know, who is Joe Schobert on? Who is Devin Bush on? And please, God, don't let it be a wide receiver all day. Please, God, I just can't handle that mentally. Just don't do that to me. Because um, that, that you're going to see empty sets a lot, I think, or you know, one running back, four tight ends, or something. If they have empty sets, to me, Mike Tomlin's going to bring that. It's going to, I don't say bring the house, but he's going to blitz. He's going to say, if you're going to leave Josh Allen by himself there, we're coming. Well, I think they'll come in regardless. They um, are. They're going to blitz regardless. But I'm just but thinking that it's, if, if he goes, if he goes as empty backfield, I think Mike's going to say, "Listen, we're we're going to we're we're putting our ears back and we're going." Yeah, but because not, if they still line up with linebackers and receivers, they're going to be like, "Listen, we're, we ain't going to have time to figure out where that is." I, I I still get concerned about that little five yard out, you know, or quick thing against some linebacker. The steel, and, and I don't know enough about how Joe Schober covers that, or you know. Devin Bush is okay at it, you know. You know he he'll eventually get you know picked on in coverage. I think it's just you know kind of by virtue of right. so many attempts. Um, but, but yeah, if if the pass, I think the pass rush will be fine. You know, I'm very confident in the Steelers front four. Um, as always, um, you know, two of them have to eat per se, and I and it does give me you know, that uh, the D line. Excuse me, that the Ingram, Watt, and Highsmith, you know, is very, very good. And it's not like, God, I don't even know. I guess Highsmith was coming off the bench last year in the rookie, as a rookie early mm-hmm. in the year. I didn't really, you know, it's a lot different that. now. A yeah, it's a lot now. different. You got, now. Melvin, you got Melvin Ingram yeah. coming off that bench. Yeah, so that's a lot different. And so that gives me, you know, some encouragement. But really, just kind of watch now they respond against empty sets. And now I will say that with the players mentioned before, uh, last year starting defense, they went empty a lot and the Steelers were able to, you know, be pretty effective against it, just being very aggressive, you know, because a lot of it's like that, you know, seven to 10 yard, like, you know, in routes or just, you know, in that area that the Steelers were able to defend. Um, and Josh Allen has an arm and they, they test them deep a, a few times, but that was pretty well covered. I will say um, some it's hard CBS, to beat the Steelers deep with Minka back there. I, I know some Steelers or some guy on CBS sports was like, I think they picked the Bills to win by like 14 points. Like I expected to go early, deep, early and often against the Steelers and have success. I just started laughing. Um, Who was it? CBS Sports? Yeah, somebody on CBS Sports. So, so it was Cody. Uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't Cody, though. You know, it, it wasn't Cody. I think it was Will Brinson. And Will Brinson hates the Steelers. That's oh, why they're going around. Good Lord. So, um, yeah, I think that's who that was. Um, but anyways, like that, I don't think expect that to be a problem. I, I'm Minka not fits, saying I it's impossible to go. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible to go deep in the Steelers, but let's just be real. When Minka but, came over, that, a lot, a lot of that had gone away. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. So, and I don't think it's gonna. It's a. It's a fool me once thing. Right. You know. So if they can get pressure and just watch how they do when they spread out is my short of saying, you know, what I would say. Um. But yeah, that's how I feel about the defense. Predictions. Prediction time. Let me write it down. Hold on. You can go ahead. 
Well, what do we have? Our do we have our we have our end of the season? What do we have? I had like ten. Did I have ten and seven or eleven and six? Remember? What I think we both had ten season? and seven. I think, we, I think like, ten and seven, right? Yeah, I think we both had ten and seven. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in this game. Uh, Buffalo twenty-seven. Uh, twenty-three. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Um. I think the Steelers will come up just a little bit short. Um, and this game obviously would not shock, shock me if they go into Buffalo and win. Um, I just think Bills at home, uh, Josh Allen's poised to have another big year. I think they got a taste of what it's like to get into the, you know, obviously the AFC Championship game. I think they're they're poised to take another big step this year. Um, I know twenty seven is a little bit of a high number for this defense, you know, for the for the long term of the for the for the season. I don't think they're going to be a defense that gives up that many points often. Right. Um, I just have a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of respect for the continuity that the Bills have on the off on the offensive side side of the ball as well as their coaching staff. Um, I think the Steelers I think Ben will play well. I think Najee will do enough in the running game to keep it, you know, to keep the Bills off balance. Uh, I just think Josh, El- Josh Allen ultimately makes too many plays uh, outside the pocket. Um, and I think that's going to be the key for the, for the Bills to win. So 27-23 Buffalo. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing except 27-24. That's my number I kind of was stuck on mm-hmm. all week. The Bills are my pick to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, I, really, I There was something I saw. This is another side note. They're like Browns fans and – Cleveland fans hating Steelers fans. I'm like, I don't think I've ever hated a Bills fan. I, no. I know a lot of like, I, I like the Bills. Like, it's cool. It's Western. New- I, I lived in Western New York for a little bit, so that's cool. Um, but no, I, I like the Bills outside of obviously when the Steelers play them. Um, because they're not. The it's good when the Bills are good. It's good. Yes, a couple, it's good when the it's like there's a couple teams that it's better for the NFL when a certain team's good. You know, I think the Raiders fall into that category. Um. I think the Bills are in that category. Uh, the Niners are in that category for me. There's just certain teams that you want to see that's better for the league. And, you know, Buffalo, you know, they had their time in the 90s where they were, you know, four states, two rules, unfortunately lost. And then they kind of went into some dark years for a little bit there and, you know, had some moments. But and up until two, Sean McDermott's first year, hadn't been in the playoffs. And, and I don't know, since is that the, the, the miracle in Nashville? I think that was the last time they were in the playoffs. Um, which was 99, I think. Um, so it's good to see that they have a consistent contender here now and, a, and a cer- certainly a Super Bowl contender. Um, so good, good, you know, kudos to the Bills and their fans. And, and you know, to your point, you know, no issues with the Bills from a, from a no. fan perspective. From a um, from a betting standpoint, if any of us are interested in that, the line is six and a half in favor of the Bills. And I have been thinking about that all week. And I think that's a very, uh, that's a touchdown, you know, you yeah. need a touchdown to beat that. So I'm thinking about that number a lot over the next 24 hours. So I don't know how everybody else thinks about that, but I think six and a half, I would, I think I would be, if it was four, I wouldn't touch it. I think six right. and a half is a lot. So, and you gotta, gotta be careful. I think that, you know, the Tampa Bay line, which obviously Dallas covered anyways, was, Initially, I think throughout the week was seven and a half, and then like last minute, I think it got moved to eight and a half. Uh, so you gotta keep it, keep an eye on that uh, tomorrow leading up to the game if you are in the betting. Which again, listen, that's, that's the NFL is partnering with a lot of these mobile sites and stuff, so that's certainly something that we can start to incorporate into our show. I mean, events that's something to think about, you know, kind of putting that out there, you know, as we give our predictions, anything that we like from a betting standpoint. Um, but 
Somebody you, said that it's on the actual like when you're watch like obviously at the bottom of the screen, it's on the ticker now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. I think they're literally which is so interesting because, you know, so long ago, you know, gambling and, and NFL or just like or betting on games were just so you know, it wasn't it wasn't really accepted. It wasn't it was frowned upon, if you will. And now it's they've got endorsements, they've got sponsorships, and so it's 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 a complete one eighty, but um, anyways, uh, so you have 27, 24 Buffalo. Yeah, I have by three, you have by four. Gotcha. Well, uh, certainly going to be interesting games uh, to watch. Obviously, everyone, it's Christmas early, as it always is every year. I'm excited. I know Vince is excited. Uh, real quick, around the AFC North, um, Steelers obviously in Buffalo. Uh, Cleveland will be in Kansas City. Um, Cincinnati hosts the line. Vikings. Yep. Uh, Cincinnati hosts the Vikings. And then Monday night, the Ravens will be in Vegas uh, for uh, the Monday night game um, in week one. Core Ravens have gone through a – and, again, we don't wish anybody to get hurt. Uh, They have gone through a hell of a last few weeks of training camp leading into week one with an injury standpoint. Um, You know, thoughts are out with them. And, and, and you you know, Steelers fans have seen that before. You know, a couple of years ago, right, Ben gets hurt in the second week of the season. It's, it just completely puts a damper on it as a fan uh, when you see a key member of the team go down, uh, let alone multiple. So, you know, Ravens will be a good team regardless. I think they have that kind of culture, uh, the X-man-up mentality. So, uh, but definitely want to, you know, pay respects to them, um, you know, as they go through some, some tough times, certainly from an injury standpoint. But that's look around the AFC North. Um, but – here we are, Vince. Week one finally is here. Uh, this is this this recording this on Saturday, uh, so I'll enjoy the next twenty four hours of stress free life because That's in the next nice. six months or so, um, it'll be stress. Uh, for, you know, every week, and it's not just a Sunday stress. It's stress leading up in you know, during the week for Mike Collins press conferences, for injury reports. So uh, you know, let's just, just enjoy, I want to enjoy this twenty four hours uh, and, and enjoy the stress free life that I'm enjoying at this moment. Um, well, yeah, I college football started last week for me, so I'm it's every weekend is like this, and it doesn't bother right. me too much. Right, right, right. Um, but anything else you want to leave us off with, Vince, before we close out the show? No, you know, just tar- you know, take notes. It's on, um, it's on CBS. It's on most markets. I know in Columbus we typically get the Cincinnati game beforehand, but Cincinnati is playing host to the Vikings, so they have Play a home Fox? game. Yeah, they're on Fox exactly. Um. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Enjoy, you know, enjoy the atmosphere. I think the other thing to really consider, as you know, just thinking about everything is, and which is exciting at the same time, is the crowd. You know, the Steelers will have their moment, obviously, a week from Sunday, being home against the Raiders for the first time with sixty-five in there. You know, <clears throat> the Bills. This will be the first time. You know, even the playoff game hosted last year, they had I think like twenty thousand fans or something like that. Like it's going to be. I mean, the amount of tables that are going to be broken tomorrow outside of that stadium is just going to be <laughs> right. you know, just ridiculous. So um, I, they will be yeah, more it's, than it's rowdy. that time of year, Vince, man. You know, you turn on the TV at 9 o'clock for game day morning or whatever you go your pregame show, and they go always to Buffalo, Bills Mafia, uh, breaking tables and then doing a bunch of stuff. Um, at that time of year, I can't believe it. I was just telling my mom uh, yesterday. I really can't believe that it's already back. Yeah, I, I think as a teacher, it's it's my reward. 
um the <laughs> yeah. weekend so like they're like yeah it's it's time. i'm back so it's time let's go um but yeah i'm very super excited um and uh i'll try not to make the, the hour to go by too fast tomorrow as my heart rate will be elevated so it's, it, it's cool it's exciting Everyone enjoy the games, spend time with family, watching the games. I know everyone's – most people in the country are going to be around TVs all day. It's a great time. Set your fantasy lineups. Get them squared away. Get your bets in. Um, and ultimately, just enjoy enjoy some NFL football. But for Vince, this is Dimitri. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you on uh, – Vince, we do we do on Monday or Tuesdays? Tuesday. We had to do Tom on Tuesdays. We, Tom, uh, Tom on Tuesdays in the recap. Okay. So we'll see you on Tuesday uh, for a recap of this game. Uh, and also discussing Mike Thomas' press conference. So until then, everyone be safe. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk then.